Welcome to another podcast from the BCC team. Our aim is to bring you a message that will help you live a better, more God-centered life. For more information, go to bccweb.com. I will just show you another video, a few seconds. But before you watch it, I just want to tell you that it's in German. And it's, it's in German because I didn't find it in English, obviously. I didn't find English subtitles. So before we continue with discovering our God-given capacity, I just want you to quickly watch this, and uh, then I'll come back, okay? So, so discovering our God-given capacity, that's not the way we do it, of course. <laughs> But have you ever felt like a fish out of water or like an iPad in the water? You just know that's not your place. You just know that's not where you can really function as you should. And I know that sometimes, and I used to feel like there's so much more to me. And maybe some of you feel like there's so much more to you you can do. There's so much more you could achieve. But somehow you're not maybe in the right context at times or somehow you don't know how to access that capacity that God has put in our lives. And I want us to, this morning to look at the right context in which we can achieve our God-given capacity, and then how to do it, okay? It's important to understand the context because obviously an iPad doesn't work in a, wash, in a dishwasher. That's like even the dishwasher will get broken or something. <laughs> and at the same time, we know that the iPad has a greater uh, potential <laughs> to function well. For example, Steve Jobs, who created the iPad, I'm sure when, when he created it, no one knew how to how to use it, right? Because he is the one who initially uh, invented it. So if you would give this iPad to this man in the, in the video, he would say, like, that's not really what I intended for the iPad. It did the work. You could really chop things on it. But we know that it's not really the potential that the, that the iPad has. And the Bible says that we are his workmanship or his masterpiece created in Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. The Bible says that God created us and the most important thing to understand is that we are his masterpiece. Yeah. The iPad belongs to Steve Jobs or Apple now, you know, things happening, but he is the one who can basically take ownership on it, of it. And in the same way we are God's masterpiece, we are God's product if you want. He fashioned us, fashioned us he created us. Basically he knows us best. And if we want to understand how let's say, an iPad works, which I don't fully understand anyway, I would go to the Apple store, to Tim's friend Ben, and say, hey, help me to understand this. And we are God's masterpiece. In a way, a masterpiece is something that the one who created boasts with it. Like Picasso would boast with his paintings and other artists that I don't know. So (laughs) God, when he created us, he looked at us and said that it was very good. He looked at his creation and he said plenty of times that it is very good. We are the reason God is boasting, if you want, in a way. Because God's created us in his likeness. We represent God. We have God's branding on us. Like iPad have the apple on it. We belong to God. And the best way for us to understand how we should function and understand our God-given capacity is by going to God. That's how it is. Now, the Bible says also in this verse that God prepared works beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, how does this go? When I was preparing this message, I was thinking about the people maybe 20 years ago, or I don't know when iPads were invented, 
how would they really explain this verse? Because it's quite hard to understand. We are created by God for good works, but there are good works that he prepared beforehand for us. It's like the good works that I'm doing are prepared by God for me to do. But it's like, this, it's like the iPad, in a way. When Steve Jobs created it, he, he built in some apps. If you have a tablet or an iPad, you know how it works. What's the password for it? For me? Uh, I just said the password. <laughs> 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 so, so Steve just cre- created the iPad, okay? You turn it on, so we come back, we come to life, okay? We come to life and we, we exist. But also, there are some built-in apps with it. So when you buy it, you know that there are some apps like Messages, which is already there. You don't have to invent it, right? And in the same way, the Bible says that we are created by God in Christ to work in the good works that he prepared for us. In other words, the apps are already here, but we need to tap in order to use them. It's the same with the good works that we have. God already prepared the good works for us. What we have to do is to work in them. The Bible says in this verse that it's important that we walk in these good works. They are there. God did his job. He's already done everything. But what we have to do is to walk in these good works that he prepared for us. My Chandra said that God is not in love with a future version of yourself. So it's not like God looks at you and says, I will love you, maybe, in the future. Or God coming to Tim and says, you know, Tim, I would really want to love you. Like, I'm doing my best. But this present version of yourself is not really lovable. <laughs> God will never say this. <laughs> and then say, okay, maybe you try to work out a bit more and impress me and do some stuff. And then maybe, maybe I will love you in the future. But God is not like that. He loves you now. He loves you the way you are. He knows that you do mistakes. It's normal. It's like everyone does mistakes. Even iPads sometimes have like glitches and other things. Uh, <laughs> but the point is that God loves us as, as we are. And if you are in this place this morning, if you're visiting, or even if you're a Christian since like forever, I want you to know this, God does not do mistakes. Yeah. You are not a mistake, you are not just a random person who happened to be created in the world. Like I was saying in the first service, when God created the world, Luke came as well, and it's like, oh, okay, just let him be. He just randomly, I don't know, created by mistake by me. No, God put his work, God put his imagination, his love and everything in creating us. We belong to him, and as a strong foundation for understanding our capacity is to know that God loves us. We belong to him, and we are his because we are created by him in Christ. We are created in Christ, not outside of Christ. We are created in Christ. And the way we achieve our capacity is by doing these good works that God prepared beforehand for us. God created you on purpose. I don't know if it's working or not working. God created you on purpose and with purpose. In a way, again, God didn't do a mistake. Like, it didn't just happen. And I want to emphasize this a lot in the beginning. It didn't just happen that you exist. You are existing with a purpose. Your own existence is God's will. You exist because God wants you to exist. So, if he wants you to be, it means that he has a plan for you. It means that he has a purpose for you. The only thing is that we sometimes don't know exactly what that plan is. So that's what we want to do even through this series and even this morning. Let's together find out what does God want us to do? What is my capacity? How did God create me? What are the apps that are built in me? What is my capacity? How many gigs do I have? 64, 128, that's my... Because God gives to everyone 
God gives to everyone because he's a good father and he gives gifts. The only reason we are not sometimes successful is because we don't discover that capacity. But we can do it, and I want us this morning to understand how to do it in the best context in which we can do that. Oh, sorry. We are saved by God's work and for his good work. God worked to create us and God worked to save us. We responded to it and we are now called to do his good work. We are created by God for the good works that he prepared for us. That's who we are. Which means that our identity is found in the good works that we are doing. This is where we find, because an iPad will not, if, if an iPad doesn't function like an iPad, it's like sort of doesn't really meet its purpose, right? It, it still has the brand. It's still Apple product. It still has the same apps in it, but if you don't use it, it's really useless. It doesn't, it doesn't meet its purpose. In the same way with us, we are Christians. We have the brand. Christians, followers, disciples, we have it. God already did all the work for us. We know what we can do. He prepared these good works for us already. But we have to walk in them. This is what God is asking us to do. Walk in the, in the good works I prepared for you. That is our calling. And only then we will discover our capacity. Only then we will discover that our identity is met and found in this uh, fruitful work that we do for God. God saved us. That's like, I want to understand it so you don't misunderstand me. We don't work to gain salvation, okay? Like, if your child is delivered, it's born. It cannot be unborn, all right? It, does, it cannot happen. So, you are saved by God and you are loved by God, and nothing can ever change that. Yeah. That is what, what we believe, and that is what God teaches. So, I want you to understand that you will always be loved by God, and you will always be saved. Because God loves you. God did the work. In response to that, we basically do good work for Him. Not to gain anything, but just because this is how we find our uh, capacity, and this is how we meet, meet our purpose. Because we function as God wanted us to function. The best one to know how we are and who we are is God, because, this, because he's the one who created us. The more we walk, the more we discover. Right? The more we walk, the more we discover. It's just a natural law. If I walk from my house to the bus stop, I discover McDonald's, and maybe seafloor in there as well. <laughs> this is what it happens. If I walk from here to Bromley North, I discover KFC as well, and other things. <laughs> it's, about, it's about food. But our work reveals things to us. When we walk, we discover things. So if I walk to reverse things, we need to know how to walk. We need to know how to walk in such a way that we've discovered our God-given capacity. So this is what I want us to look now. How do we walk in such a way that we discover our God-given capacity? I just read from Colossians 1, 9 to 14. It says, And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. May we be strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So, what this verse is saying is basically, we are, we are to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Not one or the other, both. We are, both called, to, we are called to both 
increasing knowledge of God, so knowing God more and more, and do the good works for Him. That is how we uh, live out our identity, through knowing God and through doing the good works that He prepared for us. There is a sad story I want to tell you, and that is the story of an eagle. This eagle was just born, and his parents, something happened to them. So this barely born eagle falls out of its nest, and the man uh, comes along and finds it. He picks it up and takes the eagle to a farm. He goes to the farmer and says, here, I brought you a chicken. And the farmer looks at the eagle and says, that doesn't look like a chicken to me. But the man says, no, it is a chicken, trust me. It's just a different species. It's just a different kind of chicken. So he takes the eagle and puts it along with the chicken, of course, because he thought it was a chicken. And this eagle grows up and starts to scratch the, the ground like a chicken does, moves like a chicken, uh, <laughs> and hears like a chicken, talks like a chicken, chicken chickens talk. Uh, <laughs> and one day, as he was scratching the, the ground, he looks up in the sky and sees this eagle flying over, over the farm. And while, while he looks at this eagle, he says, oh, that's such a beautiful bird. It's so free. And then he asks a fellow chicken, says, what's, what's that bird? And the chicken says, it's an eagle, but don't you worry about that. You'll never be able to fly like that. So the eagle goes back to scratching the ground and eventually dies and never achieved its capacity. That's a sad story. <laughs> but the point, the point is that we are called to live in a way that is consistent with our identification with God, who saved us, bearing fruit in good works and increasing in the knowledge of God. Think about this eagle. This eagle grew up like a chicken. That's like how it happened. And at times, before God saves us, we grow up like an eagle among the chickens. Because our identity is not to be a chicken, as this eagle was not a chicken. Even though everyone around him told him, you're a chicken. But then, in our lives, God came and saved us, so we became, we understood that we are actually eagles. But if you have the wrong environment around you, people who don't really tell you the truth, who you are in God, or maybe there are lies in your life coming and say, you'll never be able to fly like that. Even though you are an eagle, you never function as one. That's why we need to live in a way that's consistent with our identification with God. Because the eagle saw, saw another eagle flying. The eagle theoretically knew what an eagle can do. The only problem was that the eagle didn't know he's an eagle. He thought he was a chicken. And because of that, it never achieved its full capacity and really died like a chicken. <laughs> That's a good one. Died like a chicken. <laughs> Obviously not in the notes. <laughs> but the thing is that in the world, we have two extremes at times. Even among us, we have people who focus on knowing God but neglect working for God. And we have people who focus on working for God but neglect knowing God. Both of these extremes are wrong, are harmful. I found myself in both of these extremes. When I was younger, I was told all the time that I was a youth with zeal but no wisdom. Because that's what you say to youth who want to do something for God, just cut it short. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I was accused of this, right, rightly so. I had the right heart, I had the right motivation, and I wanted to do things for God. But obviously, I didn't have the knowledge or the wisdom that I needed. Imagine if I go to one of you doctors when you have an operation, and I go and say, why don't you let me uh, operate on this patient? Would you say yes? But even if I say, but I have the heart. I have the motivation. I want to see them get well. Please, let me do it. 
You're still not late. I can be the, the kindest person in the world with the rightest motivation. I am not fit for it. I cannot do it. I'm not a doctor. In the same time, I, when I was in the Bible college, I was only focusing on accumulating knowledge. So I wanted to know and know, read theology, read all the good books, many good books, not all the good books. <laughs> and at some point, I had so much knowledge and I started to understand things more clearly, which is good. But then I, we had a meeting with one of the leaders uh, in the Bible college. We had an open discussion and then she said something uh, that I didn't really agree. So what I said is something like, well, that's heresy. I said that and she looks at me and I see, I see her starting to cry. And she said, how dare you, Vlad? How dare you? In that moment, I felt like basically I have a guilty label on me. You are guilty. What have you done? And I felt so bad. Because with my knowledge, instead of building up, I destroyed. I hurt someone. So then I was in an interesting situation because my immediate response would have been to not study anymore, not wanting to have knowledge anymore because I hurt someone. That is like, and it's in general, I tend and maybe many of us tend to go from one extreme to another. And it's, it's wrong. It's wrong. It's harmful. It doesn't benefit anyone. If we want to, have a he- to be healthy in our spiritual work with God, we need to have both knowledge of God and increasing and uh, good works for him, being fruitful in the good works that we are doing for him. If we want to discover our God-given capacity, we need both of them. Not one or another, both. Because we know many people who say, oh, all I'm, all I'm called is to love people. So that's good, but how do we know how to love people? Right? It's easy. We, we just give them food. That's good. But there are times when you need to tell them the truth. They need to be saved. You need to know how salvation works. You need to know who God is. How can you talk about someone that you don't know about? It's important to know, if we want to minister to people, and all of us in this place, wherever we work, you are called to love people and to tell them the truth. The Bible says that he sent us to preach the gospel. We are called to preach the gospel. It's a, it's a word thing. Someone said that uh, I'm called to preach the gospel. No. I'm called to live out the gospel, and sometimes I preach it or something like this. But that's not really entirely true. We need to do both. We don't go from one extent to another. So, oh, but I'm not a preacher. I'm not a theologian or stuff. Actually, if you think about it, all of us are theologians. Why? Because theology means knowing God, the knowledge of God. And that is what we are called to. We are called to know God. You need to know your scriptures. You need to know our Bibles. In the same time, you need to be humble enough, not like me, to just say the truth and just hammer everyone down because you know the truth. That puffs out. That's pride. That's ugly. It's wicked. And I found myself many times like this. So my decision was, okay, I'll have both of them. It's not like I have one or the other. I have both. I want to grow in a healthy way. I want to both know God and the Bible and his word and to love people and do good works that he prepared for me in advance. So we are called to being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Our God-given capacity is discovered at the intersection between fruitfulness and knowledge. Our God-given capacity is discovered at the intersection between fruitfulness and knowledge of God, not one or another. Think about how things go in the world. We spend 16 to 20 years studying, like from kindergarten to elementary school, secondary school, all the school, college, uni, everything. After we accumulated our knowledge, so our head is quite big, which is, which is good, right? We go and we want to work. 
So we go to have a job, then we want to be successful in the job we're doing, because that's normal. Of course, you want to be successful, right? So then I'm successful in what I'm doing, and only after I accumulated the knowledge and I'm successful, I can say that I have achieved it. I'm there. I'm fulfilled. This is how things work in life. And in the same way, with us as Christians, why do we at times focus just on one aspect? Imagine if you would go to work in a, let's say, in a, in a hospital again, like me. I want to go to work in a hospital. I cannot do it. I can have the right motivation, but I can't do it. Because that's not, I, I can't, you know, you, can't, you understand, I just can't. In the same way with our Christian life. If you want to discover your God-given capacity, you need to place yourself at that intersection between fruitfulness and knowledge. Not one or another, both of them. That is important, and I hope we, all of us understand this. I would even say that if you have just one or another, you will not discover 100% your God-given capacity. You need them both. For example, I know that I have the capacity to lose weight. I know. like In theory, I know I can do it. And some of you will tell me, of course you can. right? <laughs> so, I have at home uh, a fitness bench. I have some weights. Uh, and I even downloaded from the NHS website a 12-week dietary plan, so how to eat healthy, which I used for one day. <laughs> <laughs> then also, on my phone, I have four to five or six apps about gym work, how to work at home, masters, how they work, how to eat healthy, my fitness plan app, uh, running, burning calories, so all of it, I have them, right? So I have the bench press, I, I bench press, I, I do a workout, uh, I have the knowledge because I know what you have to do and just need to run or do like, things like this. But, this. but my question is, does this mean I lost weight? No. no. I mean, I mean you say like, obviously not. <laughs> but I have everything I need, right? Yeah. I have everything I need. Why am I not losing weight? If that's what I want to do. Because I don't work out. I don't do what I know. So, knowing that I will preach this morning, last night as I was thinking about the message, I, uh, I said I need to do something about it. Because if not, I'm again just preaching without doing, you know, that's like... So, I, I, uh, I left my phone and I didn't take any money with me. I left my kids, I hid them somewhere outside. So then I start to go and run from, uh, from Bromley Common to Logsbottom and then coming back. So I put myself in a situation where I don't have money, no Oyster card, and no phone. So I cannot take the bus back, you know, from Lock's Bottom. <laughs> if, if, uh, that, that's what I thought, really. So I said, okay, I need to basically push myself to do it. I know it's possible. In theory, I can do it. It's because if you run and run, you lose weight. That's what happens. If you work out and work out, you gain muscles, right? So I put myself in that context because I wanted to lose weight. And I did it. I'm actually quite proud of myself. I wrote to my girlfriend and said, really, I did 27 minutes of running and uh, walking just you know, to breathe from time to time. So I was really happy with myself. And I know it's working, so now I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged now to do it a bit more. <laughs> because I don't like running. Uh, <laughs> but it works, so I, I can do it now. <laughs> but the point is that it's, in a way it's the same with us. God has already given us all everything we need. He already built us as he wanted you are fearfully and wonderfully made. More of us, some of us are just fearfully made. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> you are wonderful. <laughs> but the, what is the context in which you can discover this capacity? And I'll say that is the church. 
Another church building, though, in the church building, you can also discover it, of course. But if you belong to a church, you can have both increasing knowledge of God and good works. Why? Because if you just go to uni, your head gets big. If you just work, your heart gets big, but your head is a bit, pardon my explanation, small. Because we have these two extremes sometimes. People with big heads, small hearts, big heart, small head. And both of them are a bit, un- they're harmful. And I've seen myself in both of them. I speak from experience. I harmed many people with this. So I need to place myself in the context where I have both knowledge of God and I do good works. And that is the church. That is what happens on Sunday and during the week. This is the best place where you can find both of them. That's why I was saying that it is possible for you to discover your God-given capacity today, this week. We can do it. Because in a church, the church creates an environment where we can both know God and, know, and do things for Him. Why don't you try to volunteer? If you have a heart for youth, come to baseline. If you have a heart for prayer, come to prayer meetings. If you have a heart to lead groups, speak with Pastor Mark for life groups. If you, want a heart, if you want, have a heart to know more about God, go to the theology course that we're doing. You see, in the church, it's a health environment where you get all of, all of, all of these things. You get the knowledge, theology, which is good, and you do things for God as well because that is what we are called to do. And I just want to, want to conclude with, uh, with David, who, when he fought Goliath, if you remember, he went, he just brought some cheese for his brothers, then he sees this, this giant cursing, and he's like, what, what's, what's going on? So his brother says, why, 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 are you, why are you coming here? Like, go back to your ship, you know? That's basically what he says, because that's what brothers do, they encourage you, right? <laughs> and uh, then David goes to Saul and says, to Saul, it's okay, I, I will basically deal with this giant which sounds proud, which, but it wasn't. And then Saul says, uh, you can't do it because you're but a youth. And his experience, you have no experience. You don't, know what you, you don't know what you're doing. So what David says in response is this, the God who delivered me from the paw of the lion and of the bear will deliver us and will deliver me from the hand of the giant, of Goliath. Because David both had the knowledge of God because he was spending time with God and had the experience, the good works that he did with a ship. And both of them together on the battlefield, he discovered his capacity to destroy giants. And it's the same with us. Invest your life and your time in both knowing God and working for God. And the time will come and the context will come where you will discover, I didn't know I can do that. David wasn't born and said, guys, one day I will destroy a giant. Five actually he did anyway. But that was the first time. Moses didn't know he can depart the Red Sea. But he was spending time with God and doing good works for God. And the right context came and he discovered his God-given capacity. And we can do it. And we can do it, all of us in this place. If we spend time with God, know God, and do the good works for him, the time will come and say, I didn't know I can do that. There's more to me than I can do it. Amen.